The bomb that destroyed 90% of the city of Hiroshima was the equivalent of 15,000 tons of TNT. That immediate explosion killed 80,000 people. The bomb that was dropped over Nagasaki killed 40,000 people, but that bomb produced a 22,000-ton blast. Today, there is a bomb called the B-83 that equals 1.2 million tons of TNT, and the Tsar bomb, which was set off by the Soviets in 1961, produced a 50 million ton blast. That's over 3,000 times more powerful than the ones that were used to end the war with Japan. Granted, not all nuclear warheads are this powerful, but to give you an idea, the United States has some 10,000 nuclear warheads. Russia owns about 12,000. Do we really need this many nuclear weapons? France has an estimated 300, China 240, Israel 80, Pakistan about 80, India about 70, and North Korea about 10. All the more reason why this past week, Pope Francis said at a Vatican conference on perspectives for a world free from nuclear weapons, that weapons of mass destruction, particularly nuclear weapons, create nothing but a false sense of security. They cannot constitute the basis for peaceful coexistence between members of the human family. With Pope Francis, let's commit to work for a world without nuclear weapons and pray in hope for a world built on just relations and cooperation between people who wish to live in peaceful coexistence. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And Emily is not here. Yeah! <laughs> Emily's not here, so we can say all the nice things about Emily that we don't say to her. Because, yeah. I don't know. Emily's at a conference, and in fact, she's going to join us on the phone in a little bit to tell us all about this conference on, on Catholic education. Very responsible. Huh? Very responsible, yeah. yes. She's not just uh, enjoying a, a day off. She's She's busy at work. Um, so we're going to learn a little bit about that I- I- in about, I don't know, five minutes or so. Um, but uh, you're here, Billy. But I'm here. Yeah. And you just heard my rant about nuclear weapons. And what's the first thing you said? We, <laughs> <laughs> we simply do not need any weapons. So not just no nuclear weapons. Just yeah, no weapons at all. No weapon, you know, No weapons. Think about that. If there's no weapon in the world, you know, it just sounds like the song Imagine, right? Imagine, Imagine there's, there's no, no weapon. Imagine there's no, <laughs> no weapons. Yeah, that's no true, weapon. John Lennon. Yeah, that's, I think you, you will think be... So? I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, oh, definitely. No, you you're be, right, but I think human I'll, beings would still find you know a stick and, and hit each other over the head no, but with that a makes, stick. That makes me define what weapon is. Like, you know, like when, when we talk about, you know, nowadays okay, a lot so of... how do you use it, yeah. No, but a lot of people talking about bullying right now, right? Bully, yeah. It, that's kind of, you're using your mouth, your language uh-huh. as a weapon to hurt somebody. Right. Right? So... So a world free of tongues. <laughs> so... Because, so yeah, you're right. The tongue is actually probably the worst weapon. Yeah. Because that You really can hurt hurts. deep inside it your hurts heart. deep inside. Yeah, you can see I hurt yeah. every day. Why? We always say nice things to you. Okay, Billy, that's Billy's way of saying at B. Joe Chan. Send him a tweet that says, Billy, we love you. We think you're amazing. We love that you're Chinese. Um, French Canadian. French Canadian. Chinese, French Canadian. We. 
um, uh, so that he doesn't uh, feel that uh, he is. No, no, he was joking. He was joking. He was joking. No, we love Billy. Yeah, I love we you. We love Billy, and uh, but you can still write to us because please, because when you don't write to us, we feel neglected and alone. He's a bully. If you don't and, write yeah, to yeah. us, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so at Twitter at Bjo Chan at Deacon Pedro GM. Emily's not here, so we're not going to worry about her. Um, <laughs> if you prefer, email radio at saltandlighttv.org. Actually, somebody, uh, people do email. I think that seems to be uh, quite a, the preferred method for some of our listeners. Radio email? at saltandlighttv.org. I know, they're not millennials. Um, <laughs> uh, today, we also are joined by Sister Marie Paul Curley. Mm. She's back, and she's going to be reviewing uh, a new Christmas animated film. I'm not going to say the name of the film, but I think you've seen ads for this film all over the place. It's about a nativity. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas. It's about Christmas, but it's animated. So, so, so that'll be fun. She's going to be here in about fifty minutes to tell us about that. And then, Billy, you're going to talk. You, you want to continue talking about the afterlife? Yes, November. You know, it's the month for oh, soul, right? The, yes. Okay. So, I I think we should actually distinguish heaven and hell. He- okay, <laughs> in in five minutes or less. <laughs> We'll talk about that. Okay, so yeah. heaven. So last week we talked about limbo and um, and a little purgatory. bit about purgatory. Yes, and uh, I don't know. Nobody nobody wrote in to say that we were out Wrong. to lunch. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe nobody listened to it. Uh, so <laughs> write uh, to us. Write to us. There you go. Tell us what you think about purgatory. The back room. That's how we get in the back door. Um, but I want to talk to you, Billy, about what? our featured interview today. What is um, it? In our second half hour, we're going to be speaking about beards. Beards. We are Catholic. Beards. We are Catholic. Why we are talking not we are not talking about the Catholic topic. Okay, so like so it is a Catholic topic. A few beer? Uh, yeah, beard. Not beer. <laughs> Be- beer is Catholic too, but beards, <laughs> facial hair. Okay. Facial hair. Okay. So Jared Brock, uh, who was in our on this show a few years ago to speak about uh a year his year of living prayerfully, has written another book with a friend, Aaron Alford who's actually a seminarian, okay. Catholic. Um, and this book is called, it's an epic quest for manliness and godliness through the example of bearded gospel men. So Only talking about men, right? We're not talking about Well, we'll lady. see. I don't know. This is a <laughs> book for men. It's an epic quest for manliness and godliness. And it's called Bearded Gospel Men. And you, my friend, do not have a beard. So okay. I don't think that you're holy. <laughs> Because this book says that there's a connection between beardliness and holiness. Depends on where you find hair, right? On your face. Well, you have hair on, <laughs> I have hair, on your but head. You, you know? I have hair on my face. Okay. Beards. Be- Actually, beards. it's true. It doesn't say anything about head on your hair on your head or mustaches. I think a beard, like an okay. actual beard. So lower... Lower beard. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. You're going to have to stay tuned and listen to my conversation with Jared yeah. Brock at the end of the Interesting. program. Interesting. Um, he's certainly making a connection between beardliness and holiness, which is kind of fun and interesting at the same time. Um, so that's going to be in about 20 minutes. Uh, uh, if you're a man, bearded or not, I think you sh- you'd want to tune in. I tried. Yeah, I told you I tried to have some beer. <laughs> you're Chinese. I don't know any Chinese uh, people that have beards. There's a lot. There are? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot. Okay. But I tried for the first two or three weeks and and um, my, uh, my wife asked me to cut it off right away. Oh, this was recent? Yes, recent. Yes, like two years ago. You got married and then you tried to grow a beard. Yes. 
want to be a and real it was too <laughs> I want to be a real man <laughs> marriage wasn't enough so it was too itchy what I don't know it's, I just Maybe. cannot stand when I look at myself in the mirror I'm sure that we have people listening <laughs> women listening that are going to say oh I, I don't like the itchiness but there might be women that say oh I think men with beards are amazing and hygiene as well right I mean you know well, you need to, to keep, keep it, your beard really? clean you, just you need to, to put your shampoo you know Ah, I think that this book talks about that, actually. So, I don't know. Stay tuned for Bearded Gospel (laughs) Men in about 20 minutes. Um, And at the end of the program, we're going to be speaking with a new singer-songwriter, Danielle Noonan. Well, she's not really new. She's been doing this for several years, but she's new to us. So, we're happy to be able to meet her today. Danielle has three albums, and she has just released a new single, which we are going to save for the end of the program. Um, but we're going to begin as we always do with a song. So we're going to start with a song from her last album. Here's Danielle Noonan with Mystery from her album Undone. Your mystery that's unraveling in our bones and taking us to places that we see. It's like it all went dark, but this is where you are, and we know that loving you is where we want to be. Noonan with Mystery from her album Undone. And we're going to be speaking with Daniel Noonan at the end of the program in about 15 minutes. More on the afterlife on uh, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. But first, I'm now joined by Emily, who is uh, here with a little bit of our news, and she's going to tell us where she is at, Emily, enjoying the conference. Yes. Hi, Pedro. Um, it's good to join you. 
uh, today. So yes, first of all, I, I will mention uh, the beatification mass for Father Solanus Casey, which is happening um, okay. Saturday. Yes. Um, and uh, as we've already talked about, there's uh, there are listeners in the Detroit area, so I'm sure that they're going to be happy to hear or or be reminded of this. Yes. Um, but also to know that Salt and Light is going to be airing this mass um, Saturday at four o'clock. Um, so for those of you listening who might not know uh, who Father Solanus Casey is. Uh, he's a Capuchin uh, friar, um, and um, he he's kind of like our version of uh, Brother Andre. Yes, is what you could say. Um, so uh, there's a lot of information on him. He's an American. Uh, he's American-born. So uh, he is becoming the second American-born uh, male to be beatified mm-hmm. um, uh, this Saturday. So it's a pretty big deal. And uh, the commentary for this Mass will be done by uh, our very own Father Thomas Ruzica. That's right. Our CEO at Salt and Light. Um, so be sure to check that out. You can go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, for more information on Father Solanos and his, um, and his life, as well as um, to you know, join, uh, join us via live stream. Um, for for the mass, absolutely. I'm sure that all the people in Michigan don't have to don't need salt and light to follow the beatification. But for everybody else, especially yes. if you're in Canada, you can follow this. This is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and since you mentioned Brother Andre Saint Andre, there's a fascinating article written by Father Thomas Rosica comparing or kind of celebrating both Brother Andre and Father Solanas Casey. So that's an interesting read on our website, saltandlighttv.org. So tell us about yes. the conference, Emily. What are you doing? Where are you? Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm still in Toronto, just not close enough to the studio <laughs> to be <laughs> able to join you in the studio. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Institute for Catholic Education and the OPICO, which is the um, uh, the French uh, arm or the French, yeah. you know, kind of version of, of the Institute for Catholic Education. Not to be confused, it's not the same thing, though. It's its own thing. Um, but both of them put on this conference um, for Catholic educators. Um, yeah in Ontario. So not just teachers, so there were nearly 700 uh, delegates um, from across the province who were gathered for uh, two days um, in Toronto uh, to speak about the importance, like why Catholic education is important um, for for our province and in our province. So the symposium uh, was uh, titled or had the theme Renewing the Promise. Um, Mm -hmm. So for, for, for one full day, uh, these delegates were divided into round tables, and uh, they had sessions of um, time to discuss, you know, what are the challenges that they're facing in the Catholic school system mm-hmm. today? Um, what are the good things? You know, it was also an opportunity to celebrate the good things that are already happening, um, and, and what more can be done to... Um, uh, to um, you know, kind of reinforce yeah, uh, the Catholic it, identity yeah. mm-hmm. in our schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, people are talking about the importance of relationship and um, strengthening, as I already mentioned, the Catholic identity, both not just not just the, you know, outside identity or what's kind of like on, on a superficial level, but really um, how does each person who's involved in Catholic education internalize um, and deepen their own understanding of faith mm-hmm. um, so that they can also bring that to others, um, right. to other uh, educators, to the personnel, and especially to their, to their students. Right. Uh, good conversations happening between Catholic, Catholic educator, educators 
uh, in Ontario so that they can go back and right. um, and be reaffirmed in their own in their own mission and their own um, their own mm. ministry. Right. I was going to mention that perhaps a lot of our listeners in the United States are not aware that we have a publicly funded Catholic education system here in Ontario. So right. that's why it's even though it's funded by the province. Yeah. By our tax dollars, it falls under the, the Ontario bishops, which is why yeah. it's amazing to know, you mentioned it to me earlier, Emily, that all the Ontario bishops are at this conference. So they I are, hope that yeah. it's uh, going to bear lots of good fruit and that uh, the Catholic schools in Ontario will continue doing the superb work that uh, many of them are doing. Yeah, um, exactly. Oh, and sorry, just so I, I don't yes. want to forget to, to mention this. Um, uh, there was a gala dinner as well, and they... Um, the theme of that gala dinner was, um, or the focus of it, anyways, was the religious men and women um, in our country who have, uh, you know, right. been pillars in Catholic education. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so there were yeah. many of them who were present at the gala last night, and some students, uh, you know, put together like a this this really neat artistic piece with music and script uh, to go through the history of Catholic education in Canada and name all of the. Um, or sorry, I should say more in Ontario, and named yes. all of those religious communities uh, that have been present um, and helped form uh, Absolutely. education in Ontario yeah, in the last like 200 or so yeah, years. Yeah, I know. So. It's amazing. In fact, we wouldn't have a public-funded education at all if it wasn't for right. the Catholics that came in and started the schools. It sounds like you're busy. It sounds like you're in the middle of the airport, actually. <laughs> um, so I'm going to let you go, Emily, but thank you for this little reportage, and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon when you come back. Thank you, Pedro. Okay, thank you. That was Emily Callan. She is reporting on location from a conference on Catholic education. You can follow her and send her questions at her Twitter, at Emily Callan. Hey, everybody. This is Cooper Ray, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Deacon Pegredo. It's always great to be here with you. So, too early to watch Christmas movies? You know, I kind of felt that way when I realized that uh, the new Christmas film, The Star, was releasing in theaters uh, before, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Before American Thanksgiving, yes, yes. November 17th. Um, but I think it's kind of neat because uh, the story is really the, it's really an, it's an animated film yeah. uh, about the story of Jesus' birth told from the perspective of a little donkey who is longing for adventure, of course, and try and wanting to do something important with its life. Uh -huh. And uh, and because it's the journey to Bethlehem, it kind of fits from an Advent perspective. So it's a good okay. Advent preparation. Okay, that, that. that's interesting. I don't know <laughs> if the filmmakers were thinking of that. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, I will say, just to kind of encapsulate it, it's a very playful, yet overall very respectful approach to the story of Jesus' birth for mm -hmm. kids. I do feel like it tries to do too much and kind of wanders around uh, and uh, there's one or two problematic notes in the film, but overall it does end on a very positive high note, and uh, it really does respect the tradition of telling uh, uh, an original story, but within the context of the Christmas story of Jesus' birth. Okay. And, you know, I think the talking animals give the kids an easy way in to identify with the characters in the story, especially Mary, 
who is a very lovable character. She's mm. definitely my favorite character in the film, but she's presented in such an appealing way. And, um, of course, the story starts when she's newly married to Joseph, and uh, Bo the donkey hides out in her yard. He's escaping from his current owner, yeah. who is not so great, and um, he's, he's very delighted by her uh, and her understanding and care. So uh, it's really... Uh, I would say the visual design and the animation is, is delightful. Uh, the filmmakers definitely rose to the challenge of remaining true to the essence of the story of Jesus' birth. Yeah. While, of course, we understand that the animals are talking, and it's a totally imaginary adventure <laughs> um, that's taking place you know, around the, the journey to Bethlehem. I, I will say in terms of um, character, you know, there's a wonderful character arc for for Bo, who I think represents kids in the film. Uh-huh. Um, what I struggled with a good bit was that I wasn't sure of the age level for the film. Um, hmm. Some of the jokes felt they were irritating to me as an adult, which is never a good sign. Um, but maybe I don't have the biggest sense of humor. I'm not sure. Um, but the so they seemed like the movie in some ways was skewing very young. But then they have a super scary character that keeps appearing throughout the film. And I could feel the tension in that. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I'd want my five-year-old niece to okay. watch this. You know, uh-huh. so I think the age level got a little mixed up um, in terms of the film. But in general, it's a it's a good you know it's a strong uh, uh, it's a lovable story uh, that really takes into account the Christmas story. Uh, there was one aspect though that I I have to say I did find a bit troubling, and um, it might be a good thing to discuss with with kids if if a family watches it or if you know your kids are going to see it. It might be good to talk about it. The camels in the film who make endless, long, terribly not funny jokes um, use name-calling for humor. And uh, I think that's a bit problematic because it's terrible modeling for little kids, number Mm -hmm. one. And number two, um, it really comes across as bigoted and prejudiced and even irreverent um, in one one of the jokes. And... um, I really just didn't uh, appreciate that at all, and I, I can't understand why they even put it in the film. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, the film uh, does reinforce the message of Christmas and shows what really the Christmas is about Jesus' birth. And uh, there's a wonderful portrayal of Mary and Joseph as being very human and also very holy, really faith-filled and loving people. So it's, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely worth viewing, and uh, it's it was fun. It was a fun okay, watch. Good. So, <laughs> so definitely for the whole family, could be scary for some of the younger kids, and and for some of the kids, you also would would suggest the parents would talk to them about, as they always should with all films. You know, you should always talk to your kids about the film, what they thought and what they didn't like or liked. I think that's creating good uh, media literacy among our children, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Pedro. That's okay. actually the best way to yeah, know about absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. So that's Star. It's in theaters uh, now, today, Saturday, November 18th, right? Or yesterday? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, and maybe a good good Advent preparation. Thank you so much, Sister Marie Paul. I'm looking forward to hearing your segment for Christmas. Me too. <laughs> in a couple of weeks. All right. Thank you very much.
Okay, thank you. If you missed any part of this segment, uh, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, and you can listen to it again, and you can also listen to the whole program there. Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hey, Audrey Assad here from Nashville, Tennessee, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can listen to this program again at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, or you can download the podcast off iTunes. Now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Yes. Afterlife. Afterlife. Yes, we are still talking about that. We're still talking about that. I think it's a very tough um, topic. Well, nobody likes to talk about death. No, but but we want to know what after, right? We want okay. to. I, I think I, I. I want to know what after. I want to know how to get there as well. Right. So I want to know how to get to heaven, not only purgatory, because I know purgatory means. Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh, you will be in heaven soon. Or, or, yes, or that's eventually. actually a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So but, if you're in purgatory, it means that you're on your way to heaven. There's no. There's only one direction. But when I when I teach catechism. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. It's very tough to when I talk about this topic. It's about um, uh, go to a place. It's not really a place, right? It's a status. It's a state. Yes. It's a state. A state so, of being. So basically, uh, uh, I can be in a purgatory. Uh, no, I can be in. I, you see, I well, I no, but that's okay that. because that's that's the language we use. Yes. You're in <clears throat> a state, so you can be in the state of purgation. Okay, so and then after that, you will be <laughs> you will be in heaven, not, not which is heaven. also not a place. Uh huh. It's a, it's also a state. A state. Can I be a state in of being. a heaven state now? Ha! Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if you can be fully in a state in okay. the, in heaven now because you or were, were were um. Again, I, I don't. I wouldn't say that you can be fully in that state now. Okay. Because we are bound by temporal. Uh, physical, material reality. Okay. But I think that in some sense, and we said this last week, yes. that you can go through part of that purgatory here on earth. I think you can. And and I think at the same time, we can, we can experience heaven here on earth, but maybe not in its fullness, of course, but of course. in moments. You know, like when I sit here with you, Billy, and we talk and you look at me straight in the eyes, I feel like I'm in heaven. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> Really? So we can experience. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a bad example. But we 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 can experience. Yes. Heaven on earth, but not in its fullness. Okay, so let let's uh, be down to earth. I think you okay? can also experience hell here on earth. Of course, but yeah. not in its fullness, yeah. and certainly not in its eternity. Let's be down to earth. Okay, okay. easy. My question: I'm a Chinese, so I'm very like direct. Okay. Chinese and How no, can no I, beard. Is there <laughs> is there any uh, quick way or shortcut to go to heaven? Be holy. No, but how? <laughs> I don't it, it's know. Tough. Stay tuned and listen to my conversation about. I think the first step is grow a beard, according to the the interview that we're going to do at the end of the show. Um, I I I I don't know. I'm sure that there are people that are going to tell you that you should go to mass and you should go to adoration and you should pray. I would say that the most important. I mean, being in heaven is being with God. Okay. So the first thing that we need to work on is getting to have a relationship with God. Because you're not going to be with God if you don't have a relationship with Him. If I come to you, Billy, and I say, Hey, Billy, I'm, I've got my bags packed. I'm going to move into your house. And you're going to say, 
I don't think I'm so. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly, right? You're going to say, I'm sorry. I know you. I like you, but I don't like you that much, right? Um, you don't want to get to heaven and for, for God to say, uh, I know you, I like you, but I don't like you that much that you're, you're not going to move in with me. And you certainly don't want God to say, I don't know you. That's so scary. It is scary. That so is I would scary. say that at, uh, that that it's as as not easy, but as simple as work on your relationship with God. Work on your, if, if it's Jesus Christ, work on your relationship with Christ. But if that's difficult, start with God. If that's difficult, and, and, and you want to have a relationship with Mary, go with Mary. She's going to lead you to Christ and God anyway. So if you're Catholic, if you're not, Jesus Christ, work on that relationship. Relationship, how do we build a relationship with someone? We get to know them. We talk to them. So that's prayer. We learn about them. We, we listen to them. That's scripture. Um, we, we spend time with them. We, we praise them. We say nice things to them about them, right? So that's prayer and praise. Um, Thanksgiving, we, we have to have a relationship. If I'm angry with Billy and I really care about Billy, I will tell Billy, look, you know what? I'm angry because blah, 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 right? Ah. So if you're angry with God, tell him you're angry. If you're, he can handle it. He's God. So <laughs> that, but that's all part of our building a relationship. And I think that if we focus on that, that everything else will come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm. Seek ye first a relationship with God and everything else will be added onto you. And the confession. And uh, absolutely, yeah. all the sacraments. I'd say all the sacraments mm -hmm. are confession because you yeah. say you're sorry. That's how you build a relationship with someone that you care about. You apologize. You say thank you. You say please. You you call them every once in a while to see how they're doing, right? So be friends with God. Be friends with God. Add him to your Facebook. Add him. <laughs> no, real friends, not real just friend. Facebook friends. <laughs> okay. So that when you get to heaven, you can change your status. Yes. Your Facebook status that says yes. that it's not heaven. heaven, not not complicated. Let me change my status now. You know, single, yeah. complicated, or heaven. in heaven. Does that work? Yes. All right. Very good. Thank you. Good. Okay. Thank you. And again, um, I'm sure listeners might have uh, their own opinions and their own thoughts, their own comments. We'd love to hear from you. Radio at saltonlighttv.org or Twitter at Chan or at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you. Um, if you missed any part of this segment and you, you want to listen to it again, remember you just go to our website, saltonlighttv.org, and you can listen to this segment and you can listen to the whole program as well. Coming up in our second half hour, Bearded Gospel Men, and we meet singer-songwriter Danielle Noonan. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. The book is called Bearded Gospel Men. What does that mean? Well, bearded, I guess, is pretty obvious. If you have hair on your face, you're probably bearded. And I guess you're probably a man. But what does it mean to be a gospel man? I don't know. But joining me is someone who does. Jared Brock is the co-author of Bearded Gospel Men, The Epic Quest for Manliness and godliness. Jared, so good to have you back on the program. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So um, let's just cut to the chase because there's a connection between, I guess, Christians, Jews, and I'd even say Muslims in terms of beards. So why, are, why would you say that beards are biblical other than the fact that I guess they had no, like, shaving cream? Well, yeah, maybe that's, that's more of the joke, perhaps, is that Gillette hadn't been invented yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so basically Bearded Gospel Men is our attempt to use something 
silly and surface deep like beards to invite guys into a deeper story to talk about being a gospel man. So yeah, the beards is definitely just the pretext. That said, pretty much every depiction of every male saint in history and all the biblical characters, they all seem to be sporting some wonderful facial faithfulness. So Yes, absolutely. And you actually, and, and, and I, I, I like, when I first heard of the book, even after watching the trailer, I was imagining something else. And then when I saw the book and you've, sorry, you've grouped the chapters, it's very, it is like a, like almost like a saint book where you have a chapter on a different person. And you, of course, we have St. Boniface and John the Baptist and Thomas Moore, uh, G.K. Chesterton, Johannes Kepler, St. Patrick. I mean, uh, good King Wenceslas. Uh, I don't know, is St. Nicholas in here somewhere? Yes, um, he is. So, so these are all people that we remember and imagine uh, to have beards. Of course, there's lots of other people that maybe are not saints, but but you describe them as godly gospel men? Yeah, so we basically set the book up as a 31-day devotional so that people can read through it over the course of a month with their friends, and each day there's a Bible verse and a meditation and a prayer and, and a profile of a bearded gospel man. Um, so, for example, one of my favorite bearded gospel men is a guy named Thomas Bernardo, uh-huh. and he lived about 150 years ago, and he started a orphanage safe house for homeless girls around the same time that Jack the Ripper was killing prostituted women. So very, very dangerous, dangerous area of London. Uh And it grew and grew and grew. And today, the charity that Bernardo started 150 years ago is still the biggest children's charity in the United Kingdom. Wow. This was a man who made millions and millions of dollars, but he funneled all of it into his kingdom calling. He's an amazing guy. Would you say, and of course, it's not because he had a beard, but, but... Again, would you say that there is a connection between... Beard? No, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. The joke that, that uh, we like to say is, um, is that true beauty is on the inside, but clearly my face has sprung a leak. <laughs> That's so, good, yeah. We, we like to say that, that it's the, the outward uh, expression of an inward change or an inward decision. So... Um, those of us who decide to grow this, you know, titanic facial topiary, um, <laughs> we're kind of a, probably a little more wild than the average person. And um, at least for me and for my co-author, it's just another one of those kind of uh, shout outs to the great men of the past, these ancient guys who did incredible things to help their fellow man. So that's Is, why we do it. Right. Is there something, Would you, well, and I think in your introduction, uh, the one that you wrote of, of the book, that there's would you say that there's something wrong with the male heart that is broken that makes us want to dominate and destroy and that's why men need to we need to help elevate men yeah no absolutely like i mean you look at what's going on in the news right now with this hollywood sexual assault scandal yeah. and it just is so obvious that character matters more than accomplishment that what you do um doesn't matter compared to who you are and out of that virtue, that, that faith, that belief, it's going to express itself in action. So if, you're, if your heart is dark, if it's selfish, if it's, if it's uh, addicted, or it's, it's just about me, 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 it's going to express itself in ways that hurt other people. So yeah, we're hoping that this book particularly really helps guys elevate their game, that when they compare themselves to these, these global giants that they say, oh man, I, I need to do some, some growth, I need to let God change me. 
Do you think that popular culture does not help men become real men? Uh, I, I don't think so. Like, look at the cultural definition of manhood, right? It's it's uh, be tough, it's be strong, be independent, and and really, you know, be a self-made man. Whereas the Bible's pretty clear that that you know He is our refuge in 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 times of trouble. That He is our strength. You know that that our, our greatest works are like filthy rags. That you know, no, not by might nor even power, but by your spirit. Like mm-hmm. the the scripture is so clear that that we can't do this alone. We need a band of brothers, and we need the Holy Spirit. So, what does it mean to be a gospel man if it's not about the beard? Yeah. So, to be a gospel man, uh, it's about continually having the the direction of your ship becoming more in lo- more in line and heading in the direction that that God wants to take it. He is the captain of your ship. You know, we are not the master of our fate and the captain of our soul. He's in charge and we've got to let go of the wheel and let him take over and mm-hmm. let him say, I'm going to change you in these areas. I'm going to conform you to the image of Christ so that you will live the fullness of your calling and in doing so you will love God and love others. Right. Now you mentioned uh, a little bit about how you formatted the book as a 30-day uh, devotional. Um, I guess it's it's a it's a great thing to do in a man's group, but you can also do it by yourself. Um, so you have the the little f- the features on on each each of the separate men. There are reflections written by you and by by your co-author Aaron Alfred, um, and the quotes that you mentioned. One I love the quotes, um, but then there's the odd gospel beardless gospel woman. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Did I just spoil it? Um, <laughs> Uh, why did you throw them in? Well, like, I mean, there are just, there are some women in Christian history that their character was just so, so strong that we could not resist putting them in there. Again, the key word in bearded gospel men is gospel. And right. we kind of picture bearded gospel men like a pub. It's this really homey, welcoming place where, where everyone is welcome to come and partake and have a conversation and grow closer to each other and God and you know, the fire is lit, the drinks are poured, and everyone is welcome. Welcome to the pub. Welcome to the pub, women included. Indeed. So so the book is not just for men. No, it's for whoever knows how to read and wants to go <laughs> deeper in their faith. <laughs> whoever knows how to read. So And, and beard, you don't have to have a beard to read the book. No, but if you are a male, there's a good chance that by the end of it, you'll be inspired to start growing some, uh, some male pattern magnificence. So there's maybe a connection. I'm I'm uh, just wanted to to mention because today, Saturday, November 18th, is the the beatification of of Father Solanas Casey. There you go. Um, he and and he sported quite the beard, mm, good for like him. a good Franciscan. <laughs> so he's the second born American male to be beatified um, in Detroit. And uh, and yeah, like like all good Franciscans, had had quite the beard. So I guess. Uh, in uh, in honor of him and in honor of all the the great men that uh, I was going to say that have beards, but there's great men without beards. Um, you mentioned a few a few of the men that didn't have beards um, in your introduction as well, and I found that intriguing as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we kind of poke fun at the fact that most of the dictators in history haven't had beards. They've had little tiny mustaches. Yes, exactly. So we're not just talking about facial hair in general, but you have to have the beard, not just the mustache. Yeah, you yeah. know what they say, uh, a beard covers over a multitude of chins. 
<laughs> that's it that's it um jared thank you so much again for uh sharing the book with us and and doing what you're doing to help to help elevate men but at the same time you're you're helping elevate women and humanity as well um so thank you for doing that thanks for having me deacon pedro Jared Brock is a documentary filmmaker and he's the co-founder of Hope for the Sold, a not-for-profit uh, organization dedicated to combating exploitation. He's also the author of A Year of Living Prayerfully and The Road to Dawn. His latest book, co-written with Aaron Alford, who, by the way, is a seminarian in New Mexico, is Bearded Gospel Men, The Epic Quest for Manliness and Godliness. And you can buy that book wherever you buy books. But if you want to download a chapter or watch the trailer or find out more, go to their website, beardedgospelmen.com. It's a great Christmas gift for the man in your life or for anyone in your life, apparently. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Danielle Noonan with Good To Me from her album, Undone.
That was Danielle Noonan with Good To Me from her album Undone. Danielle Noonan started leading music at age 13 in her church in Texas. Since then, Danielle has been bringing people together with her music, her testimony, and storytelling. In 2013, Danielle released her first album, Restoration, and in 2014, her second, titled The Awaken Project. Her last album, which we've been listening to, is Undone. And now Danielle has a new single for her new project, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. But first, to tell us more about her music and her ministry, I'm now joined by Danielle Noonan. Danielle, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you grew up in Texas. What was growing up like? Oh, gosh. Well, I was the youngest of 14. What? If you can believe that. I yes. know, the youngest of 14. So I was the baby, and I was actually adopted as okay. well. So, um, yeah, it was just this sort of beautiful uh, connection to the Lord that's given me quite a um, quite a, a witness for just His love and protection. And so growing up in Texas, especially in East Texas, it was a little town of about 3,000 people. Uh, so you could imagine it was really quiet, not uh-huh. like Houston, you know, no. <laughs> where we are now. So No, not at all. Sorry, 14 siblings, uh, uh, some other uh, others were adopted as well? I was the only one that was really? adopted. So wow. um, I actually, it was a familial adoption, and, and I have two biological brothers um, okay. who are also in ministry, surprisingly enough, uh-huh. but we didn't grow up together. So the Lord has connected us in beautiful ways for sure. Good. Was it was it a Catholic household? Was it a faithful household? It was. It sure was. I grew up in the faith, um, and my parents really instilled in me this sense of, uh, of service to our brothers and sisters especially for the poor and the vulnerable and the orphaned. Mm-hmm. And that really didn't start to grow until I was probably in high school or right. and in college when I started to songwrite, you know. Okay, so you started to songwrite in college. Were you doing music growing up? Did you have to, like, take piano lessons? I got kicked out of my piano lessons. What? Really? Uh, I know, I know. I was a rebel. I went rogue. I play everything by ear. Uh-huh. Um, and so I would hear all these songs and I would play right. them. And I've played since I was probably like five or six years old on the piano. And she just said, you know, you can't improv everything, Daniel. <laughs> you can't do so much improvisation. So That's great. I stopped lessons. And from there on out, I played everything by ear. And I started to do, I started to lead mass around the age of 13. Uh-huh. And I, I just never stopped doing music. So mm-hmm. That's great. You're, you're like me. I, I was the same with piano. I studied, yeah. studied, my mother made us take piano for like four years and I never studied. And then the day I had to, the day I stopped taking lessons, I, I sat that at a piano every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's awesome. That's great. And now I feel, I wish I could sight read better. That's all. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I know. I'm right there with you. I know. I know. So you started writing music in college. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was that around the same time that you were, I mean, you didn't say that you sort of left the faith, but did you have some sort of rediscovery of faith? or? Yeah, I feel like just as my process and my journey with the Lord, a lot of it had to do with my adoption and the feeling of just what adoptees, a lot of us feel, the sense of abandonment and the sense of sort of mm-hmm. doubt and where we need to be and how we fit into people's lives. And it, things get complicated, and it was such a gift to be able to have the Lord sort of meet me every step of the way, 
and to use music and writing as an avenue to express my desires and my hopes and dreams right. and my frustrations, you know, yeah. um, so in, the, my, in my faith walk. So that first album, Restoration, the word restoration had something to do with what you were yeah. going through? Yeah, for sure. And uh, it was a big step for me because at that time I, I had three little boys. I, our youngest was probably like three and a half or four at the time. And my husband and I had really prayed like, gosh, do I need to go into full-time ministry? And I had desired that so deeply, but I also wanted to maintain my balance and in, in mm-hmm. my, in my work and my, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. And my husband just said, listen, Danielle, you need to do this. Like you, you have to do it. And a lot of that, um, a lot of that music came from me processing everything that I really needed to process to be able to, like be where I am now today, right. you know, and to be able to be very strong in my faith, um, and to you know desire the Lord to sort of teach me and grow me in ways that the church needs me to grow, you know. Mm-hmm. So how do you go from because you have restoration and then the Awaken project that both sound like you're moving mm-hmm. in a particular direction, and then we end up with Undone. Yeah. It sounds it sounds like you went backwards, but maybe you're referring to something else. What's what's undone all about? Undone was me sitting at at my piano. It was the first um, music that I had written on piano in probably about twenty years. Uh-huh. And uh, I never had a piano. My parents had the piano that I grew up yeah. playing on as a child in their home, and I had it moved into my home uh, where we are now, and I. Uh, wrote all of that music on the piano and I hadn't touched the keys or really led worship from a piano, I mean, in, in forever. And so it was a lot of these conversations with God and him, him and the Blessed Mother really undoing all of these knots and healing mm. all these wounds um, that I had sort of been pushing to the side and walking through. Uh, and you can sort of hear that in that song, Good to Me, you know? Yes. Uh, but it's a different sound because I wrote it, you know, on a different instrument. Interesting. That was sort of okay, so propelled me into a new stage and season of writing. Yeah, that's amazing how you change the instrument and it actually changes the whole songwriting process completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Our Lady of, were you doing any prayers to Our Lady of Undoer of Knots? Is that related? Yes, un- un- yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I, sh- I sure was. I have yeah. a big devotion to Our Lady Undoer of Knots. Um, yeah. And I had never even heard of Our Lady Endure of Not Yeah, I think most people have yeah. Yes. Yeah, such a deep devotion, so yeah. such a blessing. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I first heard about her when we, with the election of Francis as well, Pope Francis. Um, so mm-hmm. we this brings us to this new project. I'm calling it a new project, even though we just have a single, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. that it's going to be part of something else. So this, yeah. this title song, or uh, it's not the title, I don't know, but the song um, that we're going to hear at the end of the program when we're done here is called Come. What can you tell mm-hmm. us about that song? song and about the project that I hope that it's going to be Gosh, yeah, definitely a project in the works. Yeah. Gosh, this song Come, it's such a dear, dear song to me. Uh, It has to do about this moment that I had in prayer, and I had been in this season of sort of battling um, uh, just the idea of unworthiness and feeling incapable of, like, my family and my life balance. You know, uh, when Our Lady said that that the enemy was going to be attacking the family. I mean, mm-hmm. our vigilance has to be so, um, so strong. And I needed that so deeply. Uh, and I needed to give that uh, to her. And so I sat in prayer 
in just this dark uh, church during a worship night, and I closed my eyes, and uh, and I just had been asking the Lord, like, just show me what I need to be doing for you, you know, because mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to be doing, I knew that He was preparing me for something. Um, and He just spoke those words to me. It's such a simple song, but He just said, Come, Danielle, you know, your heart is, I know how tired your heart is. Like, come rest, just come rest mm-hmm. in in my most sacred heart, you know? And I was just filled with this peace and this joy of that intense mercy and grace, you know, and instantaneously gifted to me. Uh, And that's exactly where the song came from. And I immediately thought, like, I wish everyone could hear this. Like, I wish everyone Mm -hmm. could hear your voice right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's that's how I wrote the song. And it was probably one of the first songs that I knew that I would be using for corporate worship and corporate prayer, uh, and it's been received so well mm-hmm. um, through our communities. So, yeah, such a so, blessing, you know. So do you do, yeah, and I, I was going to say people we can hear those words through your music. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, so is it is it too early to say whether it's going to be part of a, a, a project or the next album? It will definitely be a part of a new project. And I have been going back and forth probably for the, the last six months. I travel to Nashville. Mm-hmm. My producer, Sean Williams, is yeah. there um, with Paper Castle Records. And I've been traveling about once a month for songwriting oh, sessions. Wow. Yeah. I'm just working in the studio, so... We'll have new stuff for you for sure. It's okay, be good. Because really you have to make sure you let us know as soon as that new album is ready, so we can get I you will, back on the show and play Thank the music. You. Okay, Danielle, it's been great uh, meeting you, and I, I love, I love your music. I love the music. I don't know how I hadn't heard of you. <laughs> you know thank in you the last so much. six years five years um thank you for doing what you're doing continue i'm looking forward to uh the next album but but uh, i love what i'm listening to so keep Gosh, it up thanks that was uh singer songwriter danielle noonan if you missed the beginning of this conversation go to salt slash radio you can listen to the whole interview again and listen to the uh, songs that we've been playing as well. You can find out more about Danielle Noonan at her, and her music at her website, daniellenoonanmusic.com. And Noonan is N-O-O-N-A-N, Noonan, daniellenoonanmusic.com. Of course, we're going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily as well. Here now is Danielle Noonan with that single that she was just talking about, Come. There is not a shadow you can find me. listening to Danielle Noonan with her single Come and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org radio and that's also where you 
you can learn all about our featured artists and guests. And remember that you can now subscribe for the Salt and Light Hour podcast on iTunes. If you already do, log in and write us a nice review. That would help our ratings. And if you want to reach us, Billy is at Bijo Chan. Emily is at Emmy Callan. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Deacon Pedro, at Deacon Pedro. Next week, we have an hour-long conversation with three young adults in Panama. What's it like to be a young adult today as we prepare for the Synod on Young People and for World Youth Day Panama 2019, so you don't want to miss that. Thank you for being with us. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. Come, come, my children.